Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Welcome to church, man. I'm so glad you're here today. Boy, uh, Amber got me all jacked up. I was up here crying and everything else. Man, didn't they do a good job this morning? Would you guys give them honor for that, what they do? It's, it's a whole new world for them to come here now. They have to come and give up their Saturdays to come here and set up and rehearse. And so, uh, man, I just give a lot of honor to these guys and what they're doing. But a couple quick announcements before I get into the teaching today. I want to remind you that today we're doing barbecue lunches. And we do have extra lunches. And all of the proceeds are going towards our youth summer camp. So uh, if you can, uh, buy a lunch on the way out. If you didn't buy one, there are extra ones. They're $10 and all the money's going to camp. So they're going to have it. If you'd like to stay, some of us are going to stay on the uh, picnic tables out here and uh, eat our lunch uh, right after. So you can stay and fellowship a little bit. And they also are going to have drinks, water, and sodas for sale out there. So stay, meet someone. Uh, maybe if you're new to the church, it's an opportunity to sit at the table. Somebody get, get to know somebody you didn't already know. Um, and then I'm going to ask you to do this uh, just to consider um, your Connect card is there in your experience guide. And so if you would, there's two things that you may want to consider signing up for today that you can do under there where it says sign up. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor, it's real easy for you to put. We put name, phone, email, and date of birth. Four things real quick. So welcome if that's you. You can fill that out. But two things you might want to sign up for today. One is uh, grad recognition. So we will be recognizing our graduates coming up. Uh, and that's not just our high school kids, but that's also uh, nursing school or... Um, you know, some of us that uh, we're on the 14-year uh, plan and uh, we're just finishing up something, uh, you're welcome. We would love to honor you as well, nursing school, whatever else. So if that's you or if you have a graduate, you may want to put on there and sign up. On that day, we're going to have them come. If you do have a cap and gown, uh, we'll ask you to bring that with you. And we're actually going to open our service with a processional, which is kind of cool to be at Leesburg High School to be able to do that, uh, but with our graduates coming and us being able to pray over and honor them on that day. So if that's you or somebody you know, sign up. And then also one more I want to ask. I want to ask if there's anyone here and you're interested in doing a mission trip at the end of this year uh, over the Christmas holidays. Uh, we're looking at the possibility of going back to Peru uh, to serve there with off-the-trail missions. And so if that's something you're interested in, we're about seven months out. So you'd have about seven months to raise funds. We'll help you raise funds, you know, in all that scenario. So if that's you, uh, we just like to get an initial list of people and maybe have an initial uh, meeting. And so even if you have an interest, it's not a commitment to go. Uh, if you put your name down, we're not going to like, you know, invoice you for the trip or something. Uh, just that we want to say, hey, why don't you come to a meeting, talk about what it looks like, what it would cost, all that kind of stuff. So if that's you, you'd like to be on that list, write that down there. But uh, I'm excited to start a brand new series called Words of Wisdom. Uh, probably one of my favorite books of the Bible, quite honestly, um, is the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. And the reason is, is because they're quick 
and short, and my attention span's about this long. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else? Is it just me? You know, sometimes you, you read stuff in the Bible and you're reading chapters and you're like, wait, what did I just read? Um, kind of thing. But Proverbs is fantastic because it gives you these little, kind of what I would call axioms. Um, one of the things that's kind of missing in our culture today really is axioms. You know, the whole, my grandpa used to always say, or, you know, that type of thing. Like, my mama always said, my mama always said that unsolicited advice is criticism. In other words, if somebody didn't ask you your opinion and you give it, all it comes off is is criticism. So hush, boy. That's kind of what, you know, she would say to me, kind of. And so Proverbs is sort of that way. And so we're going to do a little bit of a study of Book of Proverbs for the next four weeks. Obviously, we cannot cover the whole books, 31 chapters. Can't cover the whole book. But here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. 31 chapters, I mean, yes, 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And how many days are in most months? Wow, isn't that crazy? So here's, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Starting today or tomorrow, I want you to take whatever the date is, and I want you to read that chapter of Proverbs. And we're going to do that for the next month while we're studying Proverbs to give you an opportunity. It's real quick to read a chapter. I literally have been reading the chapter that matches the date I figured it out the other day. I have been reading the chapter that matches the date uh, for 23 years. Um, it's just a practice that I, I love Proverbs I, for whatever reason. And I've gotten to the point now where I'll get back to one and I'll go, oh yeah, I remember that one. You know, and I can say it kind of, the, and it's becoming, but I just want to challenge you as we do this. So the book of Proverbs written by uh, King Solomon, uh, who wrote several, several, several other books, well, there's one verse that jumps out. That sort of is going to drive the next four weeks of our series and the next four weeks of our study. And this is, this is Proverbs 4, 7. Let me read it to you. It says this. Wisdom is... What's the word? Say it out loud. Wisdom is supreme. Wisdom is... If the Bible says something is supreme, maybe we should pay attention to it. Would you agree? Right? Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. And I want to define for you this idea because that's kind of what we're going to be chasing for the next four weeks. And at the end of each teaching, I'm going to give you one little short short saying or word of wisdom for you to take home each week kind of as, as we study through. But, but I want you to understand this concept of wisdom because, um, some of us think maybe we're wiser than we are in some areas, right? Would you agree? Have you met anyone like that? Don't look at them. Just answer the question. Right, uh, but, but, but I want you to understand when you translate the Hebrew for the word wisdom, what you get is skilled living. Skilled living. How would you like for your life to be described as skilled living? I know I would. Right? I'd, I'd like somebody to look and say, you know what, the way you live... Is, is pretty good. I'd like to do it your way. You, you obviously got some mad skills when it comes to life. And that's kind of the idea. Knowledge or wisdom? Knowledge versus wisdom, there's a difference. There's a huge difference between knowledge. Knowledge is facts, right? Knowledge is data. Wisdom is application, how to put it into play. In other words, knowledge can build a house. Wisdom builds a home, right? You can have a knowledge of how to actually lay a foundation and build walls, put a roof over it and lay carpet, and that's knowledge. But how to actually have a healthy marriage? How to raise kids? Come on, anybody struggling raising kids? Come on now. Yes, right? It's, it's just a reality of it. And, and so the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge, uh, <laughs> knowledge built the Titanic. Wisdom avoids icebergs. Right? 
right? right? Um, knowledge can identify a tomato as a fruit. Wisdom tells you not to put it in a fruit salad. Are you getting the picture, right? Listen to this one. Knowledge understands things about God. Wisdom walks with God. That's my heart, man. That's my desire. That you would not just gain knowledge. That we would not just come here on a Sunday morning. We would not just bring our kids in and put them in children's church or over in Monkey Island or the Nest and and just hope that they have knowledge. My wife and I had this conversation this morning at the breakfast table. Because we were talking about curriculum. We were talking about children's ministry curriculum. And we were like, we love the orange curriculum. Should we stay with it? And we were arguing about, not arguing, we were discussing. That made it sound bad. She was yelling and I was very calm. But, um, <laughs> thank you, Harry, for backing me up on that. Um, no, that's not, we were, but we were having this discussion this morning and we were talking about like, there's a, there's a curriculum called what's in the Bible. And we loved what's in the Bible because it's, um, it's, it's very like factual. It's chronological. They remember a lot. But the more we started talking about it, the more we started realizing that was knowledge. Right? That it, if they can actually like be the fastest, like we used to do Bible drills. Anybody do Bible drills? Yeah? All right. You were probably in a Baptist church if you did Bible drills. Um, right? We do Bible drills. We do all these things. Nothing wrong with those things. Those are helpful things. But when that's the end all be all, all we're doing is teaching knowledge. We're not teaching how to put it into application. And so we were talking about the curriculum we use now. What they're learning this morning is like real world application. Is how to have hope when things are not going so well. Right? Difference between knowledge and wisdom. And my heart for this church, my heart for our community, is that we're not a community of Christians that just gather a bunch of knowledge about God. Right? But that we have wisdom. That, that, we, learn to, that we learn to walk with God. That we learn to hear His voice. That we learn to, to do what He has called us to do. I'm really not interested in filling your brain. I want to fill your time with God's purpose. That's my goal as your pastor, right? I want to see your life not just doing God things, but doing the things that God has called you to do. Big, big difference. Billy Graham said it this way, quote from Billy Graham, knowledge is horizontal, wisdom is vertical. In other words, all wisdom comes down from above. Right? All wisdom comes from our Heavenly Father through His Holy Spirit who is our guide and our counselor in this day and age. So, so wisdom comes from our God. And our culture and even the church is kind of leaning more and more towards human knowledge. Right? So, 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 so quotes like this. I know the Bible says this, but I don't really like that. That's human knowledge. Or I know that the Bible says I shouldn't do this, but I'm just going to take my chances and see what happens. Right? That's human knowledge. That's me basing things upon the way I feel as a part of what God... And if you do life that way, listen to me. This is so critical for some of you this morning. If you do life that way, you won't need me to preach at you. You won't need anybody else to help you because eventually it'll run out. And some of you have been there. Maybe some of you are there today. That you've come to the end of human knowledge and... You come to the results of that scenario. And you're going, it's just not happening. It's just not working. Why is life not working? Proverbs 26 and 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. 
We're living in a culture, and sometimes I find myself in this place where we think we're so wise, right? We think we've got it all figured out. Does anybody remember a time? I remember a time when I knew everything, but I I forgot it all. Anybody else? I won't look over in this direction where you might feel like you... Anyway, I love you guys. I'm kidding. But listen, the reality is I'm going to talk about youth today. I'm going to talk about you guys and the struggle of what it means for us to mature, to, to get to a place where we can walk in wisdom no matter what your age is. Right? As First Timothy says, don't let anybody look down on you because of your youth, but set an example for the believers. That's, that's a calling to you guys. So today I, I want to set up the book of Proverbs, and then each week we'll have a little word of wisdom, like I said, to consider, to put into action. 31 chapters. Chapters, again, I encourage you to do the one for the day. Right? First nine chapters, just so you know, is kind of a setup, and it talks about wisdom. It's somewhere about chapter 10 that it actually starts being Proverbs, these one-liners. And it's just a one-liner about finances, and a one-liner about marriage, and a one-liner about parenting, and what, right? And it's, and it's all this type of scenario. But in the book, in the entire book, it describes four types of people that I want to discuss today. And here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to challenge you not to make this a Passover message. Do you know what a Passover message is? It's when you go, oh, that's good, and you pass it over to the person next to you. Like, you should be paying attention. This is not a Passover message. This is not for your neighbor. This is not for your kids. This is for me. The worship team can attest to this. I prayed standing on this stage just a little while ago. God, teach me today. Open open my eyes to see where it is that I can be more like you and not just be going after the knowledge of you, but be chasing after the wisdom of what it means to walk with you. Four types of people that Proverbs talks about. Number one is the simple. Number one is the simple. In other words, nobody has told them, right? They're, they're doing wrong because they don't know it's wrong, right? And, and, and a lot of times in the simple, we think of the simple as the young. And as a matter of fact, Proverbs, listen to this, 7 and 7, it says, I saw among the simple... I noticed among the young men, I'm not going to comment on that one, a youth who had no sense. Don't take that personal. This is God's word, not Pastor Mike, right? But, but here, listen, but catch this, and this is so good for you guys to think and, and to be honest with yourself. Where am I simple? Because you don't know what you don't know. And it's amazing that there's, there's this bit of simple in all of us. Right? People around us going, no, 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 don't do, do, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Right? Stop, stop. Parents, you ever say, don't, 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 stop, stop. Right? You got the kid uh, running around here on the stage and he goes running towards the edge and everybody's like, ah! And we see all that. Let me, let me, let me ask you to consider. Where, where are you simple? In other words, are you chasing after not the knowledge of understanding where you, not, where you are not already? That's the beginning of wisdom. There's, there's this great, great philosopher of our day. Her name's Taylor Swift. You guys heard of her? She wrote this in one of her songs. It says this. When you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe it. That's the simple that she's describing, right? Come on, you know. You know that when some boy tells a girl, I, lo- I love you, 
I'll, I'll let you complete me. That boy ain't talking about love. That boy got something else on his mind. You know what I'm saying? Come on, be honest. Right? And, and, and so what Taylor is talking about here and what God's word is talking about here is the reality that there are times when I think we're duped by this world and we're simple. And so it is wise for us to consider that might be me. Well, how do I deal with that? How, how do I overcome that? Well, we need each other. Kids, you need your parents. And you're pushing back and you're pushing back and you need them. Because you're simple and that's not an ugly statement. That's something for all of us. And let me ask you, adults, because you can be 70 and be simple. Right? But you don't know. We all need each other. We all have area of our lives right now where we're simple. We don't realize we have blinders on. We don't realize things that we do or say, right? You guys get to sit in the seat and watch me. For those of you guys who have been with us since the beginning, you have sat in the seats and watched me for 21 months now. So I'm sure we could have somebody come up and say, go ahead, do a Pastor Mike. And they would do some kind of like, go, they, I'm sure they would move back and forth a lot, right? There's other little mannerisms, those type of things. Um, I remember the first time that my wife was like, why do you keep touching your fly? It's really kind of weird and inappropriate in church. And what I realized was a total like, you know, I, I did it without, I was simple minded. What I do is I actually take my belt buckle, but with my pinky, I'm just making sure my flies up. Cause I have this innate fear of coming up and preaching with my fly down. Okay. Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation, whatever. But the reality is, is in that way, listen, in that way, I was simple-minded, right? I, I didn't realize what I didn't realize until she said to me, hey, stop, it's weird. Let me ask you, honestly, being, being real, do you have people that can look at you and go, stop, it's weird? Do you have, do you have those kind of people in, do you allow those kind of people in your life? Right? I think we all have to come to a point to acknowledge we might be a little bit simple. We may not know what we don't know. My wife and I were missionaries in Africa. And um, we were with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. We were on a huge ship, Mercy Ship, Anastasis. 450 missionaries lived on this boat. Okay? It was, it was big. And they did all this ministry stuff. Well, they had these Range Rovers, these old, beat-up, cool-looking Range Rovers. No air conditioning, no doors, and all this. And they would use those for stuff. Well, I remember the first time that I got to drive one of the Range Rovers. Come on, y'all. Redneck in a Range Rover in Africa. Woo! Let's go see a lion. You know what I'm saying? I was excited. And, and so I, we, we go down. Well, all of a sudden, we pull up, and here's this dude. And, and he is like... African dark, it was dark and just kind of, man, he was scary looking and he's holding an AK-47, right? Stops me, I pull up and I'm like, how you doing, man? You know, like, I don't know what, and he's like, this is a toll road. I'm like, yes, it is. I gave him everything I had in my pocket, right? He let me go. And the person riding with me had been there in Africa for years. They were like, you're a dummy. I'm like, what? They're like, he didn't even have any bullets in that gun. Did you not even notice there wasn't a magazine in it? 
I'm like, oh, oh. Right? I was simple. I didn't know. Whereas flip the switch, a couple months down the road, I'm driving the Range Rover. I got some brand new people in the truck with me. And we pull up. And the guys got the gun. And they're all like this. And I went, whatever. And I drove on. They're like, should we duck? Right? Listen, listen. There are areas of our lives where we just need to admit we're simple. And it's okay. It's okay for us to acknowledge that we might need other people. Right? Let me move on. Number two. Number two type of person in Proverbs that we need to need to work. Well, let me say this real quick. The cure. I didn't give you the cure. The cure of being simple is this. It's just time and experience. Right? And, and all of my older folks said amen. Right? Right? We, we think, like, people ask me, would you be 16 again? And I'm like, yeah, if I could take all the knowledge I had now, I would rule the world. Right? Because the reality is, and, and, and you guys, young people, you have to hear this. We just have been there longer. We just went through it. We just already saw the AK-47. Right? So you've got to submit in areas of your life where you might be simple. The cure is time and experience. Find people that do have time and experience to overcome being simple. Number, number two. Number two is the fool. The fool is knowing what is wrong, but doing it anyway. Anybody ever been there? Come on. Yeah. A few honest people in here. Right? I'm just going to see if this will work out. Why would you do that? Right? Lake County kind of goes like this. Hey, hold my beer. Right? You don't understand what I'm saying kind of thing, right? Relax. For those of you who grew up in a different denomination, it'll be okay that I said beer in church. It'll be okay. Right? The reality isn't that, that we actually like have this thing inside of us and we've all been there where we're just going to do it anyway. I just want to see if it's going to work out. I'm just going to push anyway. Listen to me. Proverbs 10 and 23. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. That's why we do it. We do it. Why? Because it's fun. Why is sin hard? Because sin is fun. It feels good. Right? And, and, and so the reality of acknowledging where we might be foolish is so, so important. One of the areas where I probably freak out the most as a parent is who my girls hang out with. Come on. Anybody else? Don't hang out with that kid. He's a fool. Come on. Right? They're the reality. Of, and, and they're like, Dad, you're so mean. You're so judgmental. And I don't say it, but I want to go, you're so dumb and simple. Right? And you can't say that. But the reality is, is the lack of time and experience doesn't help them to understand some people are foolish. And why is it not good for us to hang out with foolish people? Because the Bible says this. If you hang out with wise, with wise people, you get wisdom. If you hang out with foolish people, you don't get foolish. Harm comes to you. Right? In other words, when their life blows up, the shrapnel's going to hit you. Right? Which is why that we say we don't want our kids hanging out with this particular kid because it's not that we think our kid is going to get into trouble. It's because we think this kid has weed in their car and when they get arrested, our kid's going to get arrested too. That's what it means for harm to come to someone who hangs out with a foolish person. But let me ask you to be honest with yourself. Where, where are you being foolish? Come on, be honest with yourself. Where is it that you know, you know, that God says, don't do that. That God's saying, maybe you should stay away from that. 
And maybe you're pushing through and, and doing it anyway. And the reason it's so important for me to warn you today is because do you know what the cure of being a fool is? The cure is tragedy. The cure is tragedy. That we come to that place where it's just got to blow up. I would love to tell you that your pastor is this like, you know, I had like, Billy Graham was my dad. And I grew up in this like white picket fence, perfect little world, you know, all this sort of stuff. And that's not what happened. Can I tell you what happened? I was a fool. I was a fool. And it took extreme tragedy in my life for my life to blow up. For me to get up out of the gutter and turn back and go, all I got is you, God. Will you make something of me? And my desire is for you to not have to go through the tragedy. My desire is for you today, for you to be honest enough with yourself to go, I'm really being foolish. That, that flirting that I'm doing at the office is foolish. It's going to blow up. Every time I click the button on the computer and watch that, every time I gossip, I know I shouldn't talk about them, but if I, <laughs> if I context it within a prayer request, right? What, where, where is it, honestly, that you could say, you know what, Holy Spirit, where am I being foolish? Because I don't want tragedy. Now, for those of you who are already there, God doesn't want tragedy for your life either. But you know what's amazing about our God? He's a redeemer. In other words, he'll take your tragedy and redeem it. He'll turn it around. So even if you're in tragedy right now, whether it be in your marriage, your finances, or something else, listen to me, God loves to bring purpose out of your pain. Right? And so even if you have been the fool, that's what's so cool about our God. That's what's so amazing about our God. Is that he goes, it's okay. Again. Right? Come on, would you, as be, would be, would you be as patient with you as God is with you? <laughs> Come on, right? That's what's so amazing. That's why we worship. That's why we sing these songs. That's why we get excited. Because we go, you are ridiculous. God, you are so cool. Right? That's why, that's why we get passionate about who he is when we recognize no matter how foolish we've been, he, he'll, he'll turn it into something greater. And, 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 and some of the struggle in us is because we look at God and we think he's just sitting up there going, oh, you dummy. Are you serious? We're, we're doing this again. And that's not at all who our God is. Our God's looking down. Can I say this to you this morning? Your heavenly father is not disappointed in you. He's disappointed for you. See, he has a purpose and a plan and a calling on your life. And he's not looking there going, oh my gosh, are you serious? Again, really? No. He's looking, he's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I hate that you did that because, man, I got a plan over here. I got blessings. I got ideas of what I want to do. And I just need you to stay obedient and stay strong. That's who our God is, right? Not disappointed in, but disappointed for. And can I push? You're going to hear over and over again, life steps, life steps, life steps. And the reason we talk life steps every week and life steps starts next, next week is life step number one. Be in the hallway right across here. Why do we do that? Because it's in life steps that we try to create this scenario for you to redeem your life. 
right? That's, that's the whole idea that we would take all these labels and experiences that this world has given you and redeem them for God's purposes in your life. And so can I can encourage you? If you hadn't been through life stuffs, you need to get into life stuffs next week. Let me move on. I got a lot to cover. Number three, person number three is the mocker. I'm excited about this one. Uh, this one's kind of fun. Another translation says the scoffer. Let me put it in modern terms. Let me talk to y'all guys real quick. Modern terms. Troll. Know what a troll is? Come on, if you're online, let me, let me help out the older folks here. If you're not real tech savvy, a troll is somebody who gets online and they're just aggravating. They like to stir up the thread. They like to do that whole argument kind of stuff. And, and, and so like a mocker, a scoffer, or a troll is a fool on steroids, right? Not only am I going to be a fool and do what I know I shouldn't do, but I'm also going to criticize who, those who do the right thing. That's a, that's, a, that's a mocker. Sometimes we can be that way, listen to me, because we get defensive about our own bad decisions and we become scoffers of other people. Well, that steps on my toes a little bit, if I'm honest. Right? Times that I've said things. I remember, and I'll pick on myself a little bit, I remember making jokes about the I-4 eyesore. Anybody else? The I-4 eyesore is a big old building that Claude Bowers got on the TV, right? Remember Claude? Claude Bowers got on the TV and everybody, bad mouse TV evangelists and all this, but Claude got on there and he did the whole raised millions of dollars. And in my mind, here's the way I pictured it. It's just Mike. This is my sinful nature. Can I be honest? Okay. In my mind, he's like cheating little old ladies out of millions of dollars and selling them these hankies and all, right? And I can remember me making jokes about the I-4 eyesore. And then I remember a pastor looking at me and going, doesn't the Bible say something about speaking badly against the man of God? And I had a conviction come over me like I cannot describe to you. Like I needed a shower. I felt dirty. And the reality is, this is not our job to scoff at people. It's not our job to make insults to other people. Let me give you, here's online. Let me go back to the online. Let me give you a few things. I found an article online talking about online trolls. And this will help us with the description. Number one is the insult troll. You ever seen somebody that just gets on the thread and they're talking and they insult? That's their way of, of responding. There's the persistent debate troll. Right? They just want to debate. You ever see those? You ever, you ever read through those threads online, you know what I'm talking about, where it's just argument and argument, and, and you're just like, oh my gosh, would you shut up already, right? Debate trolls, grammar and spell check trolls. Oh, that one touched something. The forever offended troll. You brought up shaggy long-haired dogs, and I love shaggy long-haired dogs, so I'm offended. Right? Come on, those that are forever offended, show off, know it all, blabbermouth troll, the profanity and all caps troll. Yes, the exaggeration troll, the off the topic troll. Listen, many of us have been sucked into these people's comments, but you need to understand something. It's called manipulation. It's just manipulation. Right? Let me ask you, is there anyone here who has ever seen something online where there was this whole big argument or discussion And at the end, somebody goes, oh my gosh, you're right. That doesn't happen. That's not what's going on here, right? The the reality is it's just this back and forth. It's manipulation. It's manipulation, right? And so here, a little parenting tip for those off, off off the trail a little bit. 
Parents, your kids ever manipulate? Well, Joey gets to do it. Right? Sally's mom wants them to do it. Listen, 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 listen. Would you stop trying to get into the manipulation? The key way to deal with manipulation is to go brain dead. Well, so-and-so's parents are letting them do it, and you need two words. This is all you need. You ready? I know. Yeah, but blah, blah, blah. I know. You can say, I know, all day long. Until they say, well, you don't love me. And then you can't say, I know, but you can say, nice try. Listen to me, because the Bible, the Bible says, now you may go, well, that seems kind of harsh, but let's read what the scripture says. Proverbs 9, 7 through 8. When we're dealing with a mocker, a troll, somebody who just goes on and on, this is what it says. Listen, whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. The, the scripture says, don't correct it. Don't, don't try to fix the scenario, right? Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or they will hate you. So how do you deal with trolls? How do you deal with mockers? Well, here's the deal. You don't deal with them. You love them as best as you can, but you don't get drawn into the manipulation. Because the cure for someone who's a mocker, a scoffer, or a troll, all the same thing, listen to me, is God. You are not the cure for a mocker, is what the scripture says to us. Be careful about getting sucked into those manipulations and those arguments and all of that scenario. So we've talked about the simple. We've talked about a fool. We've talked about the mocker or the troll. The third one, though, this is where we want to be, and it's the wise. The wise, the scripture talks about. They're not smarter. They're not more educated. They're not even necessarily older. It's not an age thing. Listen, um, there are some really unwise older people, right? There just are. They have, catch this, one unique quality. The wise have one unique quality. Look at Proverbs 9 and 9. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. In other words, the wise are teachable. They're pliable. They're not defensive. They're not so... Self-reliant. So let me summarize these four for you in these simple statements. Correct the simple, and they won't get you. Correct the fool, and they will ignore you. Correct the mocker, and they will hate you. But correct the wise, and they will thank you. The goal is for us to be wise, right? The goal is is for us to, to, to grab this wisdom. But there are so many Christians that I believe that are giving God sort of this half-hearted effort. All right, well, I'm going to go to church for like three weeks, and then we'll see. You can't do it that way. That's, that's, that's not the way that works with God, right? That's, that's foolish. As a matter of fact, it's even simple-minded because you don't understand how this works. This is a relationship, not a vending machine, right? You don't just come in on a Sunday morning and do try it for a few weeks and see if I get out of it what I want to get out of it. That's not how this works. Right? That, that's not what this is called to. We're called to have a relationship with God. But God offers us the opportunity to be wise. In other words, to live skillfully, but it takes total surrender. Total surrender. And so we say it this way. Give us a year. Give us a year here at Church of the Lakes. And when I say that, here's what I mean. Be here every Sunday. 
get into small groups, go through life steps, and get on our dream team. And see if your life doesn't change. I, I, sitting next to you guys are some of the most amazing stories. I have the greatest job in the world. I do. Because I'm looking around right now and I'm seeing stories. I'm seeing reconciliation stories and recovery stories. And, and, and so one of the things we've been talking about lately is we've got to get some of you guys. And I'm going to interview you and we're going to get some videos of your stories. Because you need to hear the stories that are sitting around you right now. For those of you that are struggling and wrestling, you need to hear what it looks like when somebody else said, okay, uh, uh, we'll give it all we got. Even though maybe they didn't feel like it in the moment. And to see the transition. that that So give us a year. Because you need help finding freedom in these areas. You need help understanding where you're simple. You need help understanding where you're foolish. You, You need help understanding the realities of what it means to be wise, to, to walk with God. And so, this it's, it's is so good, the fear of the Lord. Listen to Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So your next question as we go through that would be, hey, well, Pastor Mike, how, how do I even begin to get wisdom? Do I read more books? Do I, what do I do? And what did the scripture just say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When you come to the place that you acknowledge that God is way beyond you, right? God, you know so much more than I can know. Like God is so much bigger. It's funny to me because we as Christians, I think we're really cocky. I think we know, we think we know more about God than we do. And we're foolish. We know like this much. And God is, I can't do it. It's all the way out there and over there and back here. And we know about this much, right? That God is bigger than me. That God is, so, so when we talk about fear, hear this, we're not talking about cowering. It's not this whole like, okay, God, don't strike me down. Because some of us grew up that way. Some of us grew up with a God who, who we were fearful of. Like I grew up with Zeus God. Anybody else? Standing up there with a lightning bolt, go, do it, do it again. Do it again. See if I don't make you a grease spot. Anybody else? Grow up in that situation where you had a, a sort of a, a weird understanding of who God was. And listen to me, if you have a harsh view of who God is, you'll have a harsh relationship with God. But when we come to a place that we understand a loving God, we can learn to have a loving relationship with Him. And that's the fear. It's not fear that's cowering. It's fear because, oh my gosh, he is so full of mercy. It's freaking me out, man. He's, he's, he, he's so amazing, right? He's, he's slow to anger. I mean, we just said it like, I would not be as patient with Mike as God has been with Mike. And when I stop and I look at him and, and try to gaze upon who he is, I'm at a loss for words. So I want to give you three statements to help you begin to have develop the fear of the Lord in a healthy way inside of you. Three statements today. Okay? Number one is going to sound silly or overstated, and it probably is. Number one, God is awesome. 
That is awesome. Now here's the problem. We use that word for everything, right? Oh my gosh, Colstone is awesome. Right? Well, we went to this concert and it was awesome, right? We went and saw Garth Brooks up there at the swamp. It was awesome. Right? Then we continue to go on. And I asked Tara to come up, so don't let her distract you. You're thinking, he's still got two more, two more blanks. That one was going up at the wrong time. She's not. It's okay. He, he is way beyond what we can imagine. I was at a golf, I was at a golf tournament um, <laughs> playing with a bunch of pastors. Right? And whenever I get together with a group of pastors, I am always the weirdo. I just am. Because y'all have gotten to know me. I just, I am who I am. Right? And I'm not going to put on pretenses. And, uh, and always, always, I always get matched up with the guys that are like khaki pants. And, you know. And I, uh, one of the guys hit a shot. And it was a gorgeous shot. And I was like, that shot was awesome. And this old pastor walked over to me. Son. Awesome is a word that should only be used when you're talking about God. He was so right. And yet, can I tell you, I wanted to wrap my golf club around his head. Right? I did. I went home that night and I was like to my wife, you are not going to believe what this old fart said to me. Can I be that honest? And yet, you know what? He was so right. Listen to me. He was so right. He was so right. Then why do we continue to say this is awesome or that when we have a God that is so, so awesome, so unbelievable, his love for us, his passion for us. Psalm 33 and 8, let the whole world fear the Lord. How do you fear the Lord? Let everyone stand in awe of him. Ooh. Just close your eyes and tell him how awesome he is right now. God, you are so awesome. You're so good to me. Thank you, God, for your love for me. Thank you, God. I acknowledge your awesomeness today. Isaiah 40 and 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And His understanding no one can fathom. Ooh, come on now. That's an awesome God. Fear of the Lord begins with God is awesome. Number two, God is holy. God is holy. Now, we are a contemporary church. So I'm standing up here preaching today in jeans. You know, we, we got lights and moving lights and the smoke machine and all that kind of stuff. We're all contemporary. But can I say this to you very, very seriously? We do not serve a contemporary God. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus is not my homeboy. I hate that t-shirt. Because when Jesus walks in the room, I take my hat off and say, yes, sir. Because my God is holy. He is the creator of the universe. He is due all honor and respect. As a matter of fact, if he walked in the room, I should get on my face. And say, yes, sir, whatever you want, God. We make him something less than he is. When all we do is think about what God can do for me. 
He's so much bigger. Because the question is, God, what can I do for you? Because you've already given me so much. You are holy, God. You are amazing, right? Psalm 99, uh, 99.5, exalt the Lord, your God. Bow low before his feet, for he is holy. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Ooh, that sounds good. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably. Listen, acceptably with reverence and awe. Can I challenge you believers? Don't come in here next week half-hearted. When you come in next week to approach worship, can I remind you he's holy, right? Awe and reverence for who he is. For our God is a consuming fire. Can we let... Can, can, is it okay if we raise the level of respect that we have for our God this morning just a little bit? God, forgive us for being half-hearted. Ask Tara to come up here. I got another point, but there's a song that's been on my heart. And I just want you to sing this with me. It's holy. Holy There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Come on. Show me. Come on. Who you are and fill me with your heart and Come on, church. Sing to him. To those. uh, Come on, sing holy again. Come on. And holy. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me. Come on. Yes, God, we would lead us. One more time, one more time. Sing it to him with all your heart. Holy, holy and holy. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. God, in this moment, we acknowledge your holiness. Ooh, you're good, God. You're so good. And thank you for singing with me. Would you sit back down? Let me let me finish. Because I think God's going to do something crazy here. You're like, Pastor Mike, that would be a perfect place. No, 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 no. Because God's got more for you today to hear. He's got more for you today to hear. Listen to me. Number three. Number one was what? God is awesome. Number two is God is... Number three is... Listen, listen, listen. God is right. God is right. God is right. When you see it one way and God sees it another, God's right. When you feel one thing, but God feels another, God is right. In this world, we are full of questions, right? Lots of doubters, lots of people say things like, well, I don't think a man could live in the belly of a whale. 
To which I go, I don't think so either. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think that a virgin can, can give birth to a child. I don't think that people can walk on water. I don't think a man can be raised from the dead. You know what? That doesn't prove that my God's not right. You know what that proves? Is that my God's amazing. That my God is bigger than and more than this natural world that we see around us. God is right. Psalm 97, 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect. Say perfect. Perfect. Reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. Come on. The precepts of the Lord are, what's the word? Right. Giving joy to the heart. Listen to me. Do what he's calling you to do and joy will come. I didn't say wait to feel joy and then do what he's called you to do. Right? But when you're obedient, joy will come. Giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant. Giving light to the eyes. You'll be able to see clearer if you'll just do what God says to do. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey. They are than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned in keeping them. There is great what? There's great reward. Not in your notes, Proverbs 19 and 23. I can sum the whole sermon up with this proverb. Proverb 19.23. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Come on. Fight your sinful nature today. Fight your own wants and your own desires. And submit yourself unto God today. And see if he doesn't reward you. Test it. Try it. Be bold enough, men, to acknowledge that flirting that's going on at the office and get some accountability for it. Whatever you're watching online, whatever it is that you know in these areas, wherever you find yourself today, listen to me. Submission, your God is calling today and he's calling back for your heart. And he goes, I want your heart back. I want your whole heart back today. You know all those doors that you've kind of said, I've given him the whole house, but this is my closet. He says, no, 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 I I need the key this morning because we're going to clean out your heart. And the promise of the word and the promise of this is when you do that, he will bring security and protection. What an amazing promise. So here's my word of wisdom today. Here's the word of wisdom that I want to give you today. When I understand what it means to fear God, I can live fearlessly. Fear is from the enemy of your soul. Fear is what keeping so many of you from doing what it is that God's called you to do. You're scared of your history. You're scared of your past. You're scared of the baggage. You're scared of the words that other people have said over you. And when you grab a hold today of what it means to have fear for the awe, He is awesome. He is holy. Oh my gosh, you're right, God. Whatever you say and when you do that, freedom comes to your life. And I can't explain it to you any better than that. I can't experience it for you. There's probably people sitting next to you that have. They could talk to you about what it means to feel free from the stuff. But what it requires from us is to take that step this morning. 
It's the step of a surrender. It's the step of obedience this morning. And so that's what I want to ask you to do. Would you be honest enough with yourself today? And this is not a Passover message. This is for everyone. God, show me where I'm simple and help me to find people and know I need people around me. Right? Show me, God, where I'm being foolish. I know what's right and I'm doing it anyway. And today I need to surrender it to you and find myself in obedience. And God, where I've gotten ugly with my tongue and become a mocker. I repent today. Because I want to be wise. I want to have skilled living. Anybody want some skilled living today? Right? So would you surrender today, whatever it is. The Holy Spirit right now and through this whole time has been speaking to your heart. What is it today that you need to surrender? Let me pray with you. Father, Man, thank you for your word. Thank you for revelation and understanding today, God. And I pray, God, for all those that hear, whether it be right here now or somebody watching later on online, give them courage to step in and be obedient. Give them courage to, to be honest with themselves about where they are. Give, give the simple courage to find people to come alongside them that they can submit to. Give the foolishness inside of us, God. Give us courage to step over our own desires. And God, would you guard my tongue? Because I can be such a mocker sometimes. My desire is wisdom to walk with you. Holy Spirit, meet each person where they are today. So I'm going to pray a prayer for you today. No matter if you've been a Christian 30 years or you're not really sure yet. It's all about surrender. Always has been, always will be. That we get up again tomorrow and surrender our lives again to Him. So I'm just going to pray a prayer of surrender. Whether it be for the first time for you. Or you've done it before but you just need God to recharge you and the Holy Spirit to, to refill you today. So we pray something like this. God... I surrender it all to you today. I take it all. I lay it at your feet today. And I, I, I know, God, there's this struggle inside of me for some of us that are going, I've done this before and it didn't seem to take. or what. No, 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 I'm going to come anyway. I'm just going to trust your word. I'm just going to trust you. I'm not going to try to overthink this, but God, I submit my life to you today. Whether I understand it all or not, knowing... I probably never will because, God, you're so big and so amazing. I'm never going to understand it all. So I step back. I bow my knee and submit it all to you. Whether for the very first time or again, I come back with that sin, that attitude, those words that come out of my mouth. And so would you bring healing in this place today? Would you bring deliverance in this place today, God? draw our hearts back to you, Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.